You do not know when the time will come. When I was a freshman in college, me and some of my high school friends came back to my hometown to watch the Super Bowl. And it was a very memorable Super Bowl um, because after the Super Bowl on our way back to college for the next day, I remember driving, in the, um, driving on the highway back to Grand Rapids and it was extremely snowy. It was kind of like a blizzard. And I had to go very slow to even get back to college. And that next morning, I'll never forget, I received a call from one of my friends who was at the party. He said, Chris died in a car accident last night. See, my friend Chris was on his way back to Grand, I'm sorry, Ferris State University, and their car lost control, and it was T-boned, and he died instantly. You do not know when the time will come. And although this actually hits home for some of us, that we've lost loved ones suddenly, without any warning, and we didn't know, and perhaps they didn't know, that when they woke up that day, they would not wake up again. That would be their last day. You see, the church begins celebrating the season of Advent as a preparation for the coming of Christ at Christmas. Remembering his coming into the world, we prepare our hearts to receive with joy the child Jesus who has come to save us. But in Advent, the church also remembers the coming of Christ at the end of time and the coming of Christ at the moment of our death. And that's why Jesus says to us, be watchful, be alert. To be watchful and alert means to be alive in our faith. It means to be alive to God and the call to love in our life. To not be drowsy, to be sleepy, to ignore that, but to be fully alert because we could die at any moment and meet Jesus. You see, as a priest, I'm I'm around death a lot. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, we had five funerals in one week. And I can tell you that sometimes death and the funerals can be very beautiful. Because people will have the grace of knowing when they're going to die and they can put their affairs in order and they can really give their hearts over to the Lord. Maybe they live devoutly or maybe they haven't, but they have this opportunity to prepare. But other times, people just simply die, whether through its accident or aneurysm or heart attack or a stroke. It just happens. And the funerals in which the people are not ready, or should they, those funerals are difficult because they died and they weren't ready. You see, Jesus teaches in the scriptures and the church teaches that at the moment of our death, we will meet Jesus and we will be judged. This is what the catechism says. It says, each man receives his eternal retribution in his immortal soul at the very moment of his death in a particular judgment that refers his life to Christ, either entrance into the blessedness of heaven through a purification that is purgatory or immediately or immediate and everlasting damnation. And the Catechism quotes John of the Cross who says, At the evening of life we shall be judged by our love, or judged on our love. Whether or not we love, whether or not we're attentive to who God is, and living that life matters. And one of the things to keep in mind is that this life is the only time in which we can say yes or to say no to God. This is what the Catechism says in in the section above it. Death puts an end to human life as the time open to either accepting or rejecting the divine grace manifested in Christ. In other words, when we die, there's, it's, there's no possibility of us to repent. There's no possibility for us to reform our life. Because it's, we've already made that decision by the way we went, in which we lived our life. And therefore, we need to ask ourselves a question. If, if we're not ready for death now, what makes us think that we're going to be ready for, to, for death tomorrow? 
And this is the sober reality as Christians to keep in mind that at any moment he can come. I think one of the biggest temptations for us as Christians to spiritual sleepiness is a kind of worldliness that consists of a self-absorbed rejection of God and his call to love, which blinds us to the value of eternity. A spiritual worldliness that consists of a self-righteous and a self-absorbed rejection of God and his call to love, which blinds us to the value of eternity. Look around in our culture, and we are awash with materialism, awash with attempts to put all the eggs of the basket of our life in this world. And if we're honest with ourselves, that kind of affects us. It affects the way that we see what is important, what is not important, what is something to shoot for, what is something not to. It affects our priorities. And the temptation for us is, is, to, is to really seek the things of this world and completely lose sight of who we're called to become and where we're called to go. And it can really be dangerous. And I think that every time that we become worldly or we're tempted with it, there's always some sort of deception. There's a trick of the enemy to distract us away from the reality that the master can return at any moment. And so I want to use an analogy that, that kind of helps explain this. And it's around football. I love football. In fact, one of the things I love about football the most is the, the trick plays. Or the, like maybe the fake field goal or the fake punts. Uh, I'm a really big fan of them, except, of course, when the Lions tried against the Packers. For those of you who watched the game, the fake punt, we lost it because of that. But just use an analogy here. So imagine you're a free safety, and there's a few seconds left on the clock, and it's the final play of the game. If you don't know what a free safety is in football, you can think about something else at this time. Imagine there's a free safety and the quarterback, you see the quarterback hands it off to the running back to do a kind of an end around, like to, go, like to go around the outside. And you begin to sprint toward that running back. You begin to run as fast as you can. You're running and you hit that guy hard and you tackle him and you realize that he doesn't have the ball. And you turn and look and the quarterback threw it to the person you were supposed to be covering and they score a touchdown. Game over. There are many people in this world who are running after someone who does not have the ball, running after something, someone or something that prevents them from recognizing what's happening. And if they're not careful, they might wake up to realize, game over. They've lost the game of life. You see, the truth is, is that each of us knows that there are people in this life who seem to be really good. They're good people. They mean well. Right? They, they, they're very kind and generous to people, but they seem completely oblivious to the reality of God, that they seem to be very asleep when it comes to their faith, very asleep when it comes to striving to love more. Right? And, and this can be very challenging for us. Right? They, they might not even know that they, their life could be requested of them tomorrow. And so in this culture, it's very difficult for us to, to, to pursue the Lord because we get caught up in the things of the world. If I just get this promotion, if I just get into this school, if I just have this comfort, this luxury, if I can just get this kind of status, that's what I'm searching for. But completely miss the fact that he can come at any moment at our own death. Right? So we live in this culture in which it's easy for us to be more vigilant about like, perhaps what we put into our body. To be very concerned about our diet, but not be as vigilant about what we put into our souls, about the media we consume, what we read, what kind of influences we have in our life in terms of friends, 
Or perhaps we can be more vigilant about exercising our body so that we feel good, right? And so that we look good, but less vigilant about exercising our soul so that we can become good. Or perhaps we can put more emphasis in our culture on trying to save for retirement, to store up treasure for retirement, and and really not be as vigilant about storing up treasure in heaven through a life of good deeds and holiness. So I just want to offer one challenge for all of us today, and that's this. Live as if every day is the last day of your life. Seriously. Live as if every day is the last day of your life. And what I mean by that is not that we can't plan about the future, not that we can't envision and try to, and try to do well in the future, but that means holding on to the future very lightly. Right? The past doesn't exist anymore. The future is not yet. It's not even certain. All we have is the present. And so as Christians, the most healthy thing we can do is live in the present moment. It's interesting. When I was in youth group, um, when I was in high school, there's some interesting conversation or interesting phrases that people would use that I'd never heard before. Like people would say, well, well, God willing, we'll do this next week. Or God willing, when this happens. Or God willing, I get into this school. God willing, I get married and have children. Or God willing, I get this promotion. God willing that this happens in my life. It was puzzling to me because I'd never encountered people who were so surrendered about what the future might be. Who were so like, oh, yeah, I want this, but I'm okay with whatever. Whatever God wills. Like they were detached from the future in some way. It doesn't mean they didn't have strong desires, but they didn't let those desires take them away from the present moment. You know, it's interesting, before we say Mass, as priests, we're kind of called to pray this prayer, which says something like this, Lord, please help me to pray this Mass as if it's my first Mass, my last Mass, and my only Mass. I can tell you, even as I preach this, I am so convicted because I do not always pray the Mass like that. I go through the motions at times. I go through the motions thinking about what's happening after Mass, thinking what's happening next week, and I forget to live in the present moment. My brothers and sisters, like we have people around us who deserve our love. They deserve us to be all in. And we have the opportunity to live in the present moment, to hold nothing back, to love with reckless abandon because we don't know if we have another day. And the temptation for us is to pull back and to not be that kind of person. And so living as if this is the last day of our life also means not putting off to tomorrow what God calls us to do today. And I think this is one of the traps that we get into. We, we say to God, like, you know, Lord, I, I'll, I'll spend more time in prayer when I'm retired, when my children are out of the house, so I'll have more time. That's 100% true. You'll have more time when your children are out of the house, right? Or I'm going to turn away from this. I'm going to repent of this sin a little bit later in my life. Or I'm going to turn my life around then. But what if that time never happens? What if you don't ever do that? And so the reality is, is that as we are called to conversion, that Jesus is calling us to be fully alive now, to be present now, to be watchful now. And by the way, this is why we say stuff like, drive safe. You know, obviously we want people to drive safe, but we also know that accidents happen, that people do die in accidents. We might not see someone, so, and this might seem, Father, you're being overly dramatic, perhaps, but perhaps not. We only have right now. And I want to say that, like, the, the coming of Jesus doesn't need to be something that we're afraid of. In fact, if we're living in the Lord, the coming of Jesus at our death is a time in which we get rewarded 
for being faithful in the midst of a, a faithless generation, for being strong in love when people around us tell us to get down from the cross and choose not to love. We have a lot to look forward to, but it's a challenging word if we're not really living for him, if we're choosing not to be awake. So my brothers and sisters, Jesus is saying today, to us today, be watchful, stay awake. You do not know when the time will come. Yes, we're on this preparation for Advent, which is for the coming of Jesus to celebrate anew the love that he has for us, the salvation he has for us in the newborn Jesus. But it's also time for us to remember it's a preparation for the coming of Christ, even the coming of Christ at our own death. I pray, God willing, that each of us responds today and says, I want to be alert and awake and watchful so that when Jesus comes again, when he comes at the moment of our own death, that will be a moment of great joy.